Welcome to Piercing the Veil on BBSRadio.com. A show for truth seekers and rebels. Join us every week as we obliterate willful ignorance, corruption, globalist agendas, and more. Tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific. And listen carefully as we provide crucial solutions, information awareness, and unique life hacks to improve our planet. Pierce the veil, and the truth will reveal itself. All right. Hello, world. Welcome to Piercing the Veil. This is Corey. We got Jordan on. Hello. You there, Jordan? I'm uh, here. How's it going? How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. We're doing the uh, the reverse roles again here, so you'll be the host. I'll be doing the co-hosting, which I kind of right. got a taste for last time in our group right. call. Um, right on. And get a second, man, telling or explaining the listeners to the listeners what we're doing. Uh, just toss it back to me for a bit. There's a, a few current events I want to bring up, and then we'll kick it right on down the line and go from there, okay? Okay, you want to get into that first? <clears throat> well, yeah, if, if you're not opposed to that, we can do that. Um, essentially, if anybody hasn't heard, there's a secessionist movement happening in Spain right now, something that I pay real close attention to wherever it occurs. Uh, Catalonia, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe is a, a province or a uh, sort of a, a de facto independent state in the southern uh, parts of Italy. Excuse me, not Italy, Spain. And um, they are they're basically trying to hold a referendum so their local area citizens can vote to become their own separate nation state. And they were met with a whole bunch of resistance in the bureaucracy side of things. So they shut down buildings and shut down polling locations that were previously applied for with permits and were approved and all sorts of things at the last minute, um, canceling Facebook social media action pages, um, shadow banning, all sorts of techniques there in the social realm. And then, of course, met with physical presence when they showed up. There was actual riot police everywhere that were trying to intimidate people away from the area. And when they d uh, decided not to leave and wanted to still try to, you know, press forward, uh, they started beating people. There's about 400 people, I believe, that were injured so far. Uh, what stood out to me the most is actually the firefighters took the side of the people. There's, um, you know, there's always uh, reporters there and taking their little pictures and shit. Or people that are selling their pictures to, you know, Reuters or American Press and stuff like that. And so there's this real iconic picture of the police facing off against the firefighters who are forming a human shield in between the people behind them. Um, and just to see, like, the, the priority contrast of what's important to them over there and what's important to people over here, like protesting free speech and getting paid by George Soros and, you know, uh, not knowing exactly what the hell you're protesting and thinking that one person in a position of so-called power really runs the show when that's not the case. It's just a different puppet usually every single time. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, to see them going, hey, we want to be an independent, free, governed, self-governing state, and everybody over here like Antifa and stuff like that doing what they do. They don't they even do. know what that is. Yeah, they, they don't, don't even know. Well, if they did, they would probably want it banned. Uh, so, any, anyways, the, just to see the contrast of what's happening in our country and that country was a very, a very refreshing thing for me. Uh, so I totally support their movement there. Uh, I, I hope it works out for them. Very rarely has something go gone down like that. You know, Texas 
seceded or attempted to, and that didn't work out. So that's the current events that I'm aware of right now, other than, you know, a lot of political posturing happening in Puerto Rico, uh, you know, where one side is saying this and the other side saying that, blah, 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 blah. What's really happening is a police officer called into a radio show and said that the uh, the on land, the mainland forces are being prevented from aiding uh, because of political agenda reasons, they want to look, make it, the situation look as bad as possible. And if that is true, that that's it doesn't matter red or blue or any of these false made up sides in the political spectrum. Whoever is doing that is a piece of shit, and they deserve to fucking lose their office and all sorts of other things happen to them. You know, be thrown out on the street, their house forcibly sold, and you know stuff like that. Those that's like that's real consequences. We don't live in a world of real consequences. We live in a world where. People pretend to punish the bad guys, but they really just pay the judge behind the scenes and get out of it, whilst the family court demons are, you know, intentionally giving the kids over to these pedophile spouses and abusive spouses because they know the non-abuser is the one who's going to pay all the money to try to get the child back for five to ten years on on average. Uh, so there's just all sorts of things that are happening here in the court system as well that reflect sort of an end game that we're at. Uh, and the reason that I brought the people here on this show, our guest speakers that we're about to introduce, is because uh, I brought them on here because I feel that the heart or heart-centered living or heart-centered showing or way showing is really the is the key. Also, balance with some practicality and not letting somebody you know pull a gun on you and shoot you in your face and be, not be ready or armed for that. Or you know, there's all sorts of things that you need to arm yourself, uh, not necessarily against, but in, in preparation for. And it doesn't necessarily need, need to be any type of physical weapons. You, just by your consciousness alone, you can uh, dispel 99% of the stuff that would ever occur to you negatively in your life. You know what I mean? So people need to be aware. They need to be awake. Their psychic powers need to develop. They need to be living in their heart uh, in order to really be protected in this day and age. So that's really the purpose of me bringing these people on here, bringing them together, is honoring these heart-centered gatherings that have been happening and honoring their individual medicine. And, of course, if you guys want to ask me anything about anything, call me up. If I don't know it, I'll tell you point blank I don't know, and by next week I'll do some heavy research. Uh, but chances are I know somebody who knows what you're talking about or I've read an article or seen some evidence or something like that. So uh, that number is 888. Excuse me. My apologies. Yeah, that's it, 888-429-5471. That's station two. And that's it. That's all I have, Corey. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I'm going to let you roll the show from here. Let's get to our guests, and we should have plenty of time to get through everybody and, and see what they have to say. Okay. All right. Well, we have a list of folks here. we got uh, Guy Brown. Let's just do a check and make sure everybody's here. Guy, are you, are you on the line? I am on the line. All right, Guy. Hold tight. Thanks Hi, very everybody. much for being here. Excellent. Uh, Daphne Moon. Yeah, thank you. Right on. Daphne Moon, are you on? I'm here. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Eric Davis. Yes, I am here, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Right on. Okay, Ruta. Ruta Bamina. Yes, Yes, I'm here as well. All right. (laughs) Uh, and Roselia. 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 Benuelo. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, an honor right. to be here. Excellent. And, uh, Jorge Luis Gamboa, the eighth. 
Ambassador. Sí, sí, muchas gracias. I'm here with you. All right. Excellent, man. Jordan, why don't you give me a background, get, in, get into, uh, have folks introduce themselves and give a little insight, a little background. Sure thing, Corey. I appreciate it. Uh, so for the listeners that aren't aware, uh, there's a, a gathering that's done here in Texas, uh, typically on a biannual basis, every six or so months. And it started a few years back by a gentleman who's here today with us. His name is Guy Brown. Medicine for the People Gathering is what it's called. Uh, and we're going to run through some titles, uh, basically some stuff that I know about these guys. Uh, if it's incorrect or not accurate in any way, please feel free to correct me. But he's the founder, community organizer, and heart circle facilitator and a craftsman of sorts. Uh, I've actually seen some of his his woodwork before and some other things. Uh, like uh, Guy, correct me if, if I'm wrong. I think you did a fairy house or some sort of house that you crafted. Yeah. Yeah, that was an uh, offering to the fairy realm. And That's so right. It was a place I found out in one of the areas. It was just like Fairy Kingdom. And so what I did was I want to let them know that we're actually returning back to the space of honoring the elementals and that we want to work with them still. And so I made the little castle, had little crystals on top and whatnot. Yeah, I do a little sculpting. <laughs> yeah, don't sell your, yourself short there, bro. I've seen some of your work. It's amazing. So uh, if you could, why don't you tell our oh, listeners a little bit about who you are, just a brief little bio, maybe how you got into the Medicine for the People gathering thing, and anything else that you want to share okay. about yourself briefly. We'll move through everybody and make sure everybody okay. gets heard. Absolutely. Um, well, um, it, I started off doing these things just a few of my friends and about 30 of us. And then we had such a good time, they asked me when the next one is, and that's how it actually began. And they said, I know I had 50 people. And so we've grown a few uh, people over the last, since 2011. I usually, Medicine for the People itself has only been around for three of the actual six years that I've done it. Um, normally I tap in just to kind of see what could be needed, and then I change the theme accordingly. But finally I figured out all those themes we're medicine for the people. And so that's what came up with the umbrella idea of, of people. It's, it's our medicine for the collective conscious. So I, I know a bunch of great people, and I figure if I can get all the people together that I know and I, I don't know that are willing to share themselves over in their heart space and, and share a resonant pattern together and offer that over, then we can actually create change from the inside out because I believe that the conscious evolution of our species is just going to lead us back to our heart space. And so that's the, the, where I'm trying to lead everything back to, is the consciousness back to the heart space. Um, and so that's kind of the goal is to get um, the Texas tribes together. Texas, Austin, Dallas, Houston, all of us come together biannually and really sit with uh, who we are as a species and, and where we want to drive this ship to kind of thing and because consciousness is currency and That's so right. I want us to spend our currency wisely and so I create sacred space for people to come in and sit with who they are and share their medicine because a lot of us we have our medicine and we want to share it with other people and this is your perfect example of somebody that just comes right in and, and just steps into the role you know and you are the medicine. And so if we get enough people and we offer our medicine together, then that's what's going to 
really bring it all together for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. And you know, just I'll give a little uh, background. We basically met through uh, contacts. I forget exactly how we met. First off, but I, I went down to medicine for the people, and uh, and essentially it was just love at first sight. There was just a, an exchange of ideas, free flowing information, teacher student paradigms that were reversing on themselves. And oh, I'll teach you this. Oh, I'll teach you that. People were very receptive and open, and, and I feel that just just those people in that number gathering together whether or not they even have a common purpose yet, whether or not they even know what they're there for, just being in physical proximity by itself has a huge effect on the local environment. And also because the heart is not limited to distance, I think it also has a, a pretty big shift effect on the world and the planet as a whole. Now, just imagining now when, we, when you time these types of things with the global prayer meditations like you've been doing, and then everybody comes together with a purpose for the opening circles, the heart circles, the dances, all these different things that you incorporate, then that energy is just being so amplified so many different times. And honestly, I, I really feel that you guys have affected a large portion of the planet just by doing this. And anybody else who's doing these types of things authentically. So I, I applaud you and honor you Thank for you. that. <laughs> and uh, I'll let Corey <laughs> ask any questions ever. he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. Um, yes, sir. What is, what is your... Uh, what is your specific medicine, or what would you say your approach is, your gift, your your skill sets? Uh, so when you when you use the terminology medicine, what does that mean for you, and how do you how do you typically express that? Okay, um, the overall view of what I consider medicine is what drives the individual. What where do you what makes you happy? What makes you fulfilled and what it is that really brings you alive. So um, each individual person has their own um, medicine that they've been honing. You know, everyone on this line, they've been, you know, one foot in one world and one foot in another world kind of thing. And um, my medicine is, is I'm a healer by practice. Um, so I consider myself a healer in, in a sort, uh, like a planetary healer even, um, and so that's kind of my medicine is bringing healers together to heal in a way. Um, I can, if you want to umbrella it, umbrella it, um, I would say I create sacred space. That's kind of my medicine. And that's one of the things I, I thrive on doing these events is because I get to make the altar and I get to set up all the stuff and I get to bring the, you know, I get to make it kind of my, um, art opening in a way, too. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, wouldn't, I just want to interject just a point of clarification. Forgive me for interrupting, but when you're speaking about holding a sacred space and you facilitating healers and that healing itself, the planet and all that, I'm just picturing you as like this huge anchor of light. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just popping up in my head, and I thought that I'd share that with you before we move on and we lose it. But uh, just keep that in mind. That, that it, Don't discount that's, yourself. That's very accurate. Yeah, you don't need any fancy Reiki certificates or anything to express your power, and you are doing it. So just keep up the good work. That's, you know, take my vision for what it is, you know, two cents and a cup of coffee somewhere. That's what it's worth uh, until you, you know, until you see it as true. Well, it's worth more than that to me. 
I just I see these things that come up and while people are talking and I never know whether it's just me or I do know I, that's inter- inaccurate. No, and that's most exactly what it is for me. That is the journey is is your is to bring heaven to earth, right? Be the bridge. If somebody says, "Well, what are you here for?" I'm like, I'm a liaison between heaven and earth. You know, I'm the go between. And so I'm actually always trying to practice bringing a little more heaven to earth, and that is showing up with medicine for the people where everybody gets to show up and they bring their little slice of heaven. Well, it's working, man. So forgive the interruption there. I just wanted to share that, and I'll jump it back to Corey. I appreciate you, Corey, uh, indulging me there. Right on. I got another question for you guys. Uh, in terms of this event that you just had at Crow Springs, the Medicine for the People event specifically, um, what was most memorable about uh this most recent experience in particular? Well, um, I think I've, I read that question and I had to really think about it because during the weekend I was trying to pick the peak moment, but if I was really to pinpoint it right now, I would say it's during the angel walk. Um, during the angel walk, you basically, I'll explain it real quick. You hold two lines and you hold unconditional space and somebody walks down the line and you give them praise, affirmations, you just shower them with love. They get to the other end and they're pretty much, they're <laughs> a little bit better than when they started, put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but what I do as part of my visualizations for the setting of these events is I imagine myself as a bird flying over the event. And so what I do is I feel this warm eddy from the people, and I feel the heart space, all the resonance from all the people, and I fly in little circles over the people because I love the feeling of that the feeling that they're having and so I receive that feeling as a bird and I tune into what I would like to feel as if I was a bird and during the angel walk um, there was low swoops of lots and lots of Mexican eagles that were I saw those through, and they were like 15 over I've counted 15 at one time and they were only there during the angel walk so that was a little bit of confirmation for me, like Mother Nature is confirming with us, you know. There's the rest of, that's my brothers, and they're here to support. You know, those are the angels. That's the angels and the angel walk. So that for me was, and I was actually the one um, who held the space whenever I got to pull people from the side of the, and then put it, and I give them a hug, and then I send them down into the tunnel where everybody else is doing the angel walk, and that was a good space because it was just the flowing of it was just like just it was like harmony a river of harmony you know and it was a great space to be in just to be able to start that so that was my favorite moment is whenever i was walking an angel walk watching the birds fly over and i was feeling what i was feeling when i was imagining myself a bird wow yeah Yeah, that's all the, the point of yeah. point of synchronicity or harmony there is is prevalent. It's I told a similar story that's not to the scale of what you just said, obviously, uh, but just for just to make it a fact, the universe does respond to your visualizations, not just your intents and your wishes. When you think thoughts, they are things. The fact that you you know you can think that you want to go do something, you get up, you walk, or the fact that you see something coming at you and you think, oh, I should move out of the way. You move out of the way, you're still alive. It had an effect on your physical environment. So for you to visualize or have that instinctive visualization of being a bird and absorbing and receiving your your love and things like that from that 
aura that or that swell of hot air thermal, if you will, heart thermal. And then to see all those birds manifest during the actual physical event, I think it's perfectly natural. I think that's a, it's a proof oh, yeah. of what most people deny or what they're too afraid to uh, indulge in in their own lives. Or maybe they're afraid of being called crazy or think they're crazy, whatever. But you just proved it right there. When you said that first and then you described your physical things, which I am a first-hand witness to, I saw the, the eagles. Um, w when you say that and you see that, there is no question that the universe is syncing up. Similar to when I was just wearing my Piercing the Veil shirt, right? My only radio shirt that I have that broadcasts this show that I'm doing to the world when I'm walking around. I'm wearing this shirt and I'm thinking to myself, man, I love this shirt. This is so awesome. I'm so grateful just to have a shirt on my back, let alone to, for this to be able to like spread my message or whatever. And I turn on the radio in my car and all of a sudden there's this weird, wacky local guy singing about how much he loves his shirt. You would never hear it anywhere else in the country, but only in that certain spot of Dallas, 91.7 KXT was playing some guy about how he loves his shirt. It's his only shirt. You know what I mean? So it's, and that may yeah. seem silly to some people, but it's the same exact thing. And every one of us here, I'm sure, has a synchronicity story. Acknowledge that. Try to engender more of those experiences in your life. And uh, you, that was a great answer. So I appreciate that. And uh, I'll kick it back to Corey again and let him do his thing. Did we lose Corey? Yeah, sorry, I'm here. Yeah, um, speaking to those kinds of synchronicities and affirmations and things like that, um, I'm working on getting to the point where uh, really engendering where that's normal. That's normalcy, right? Like, there's nothing surprising about synchronicity. You know, we're always like, wow, did you see that? And it's a great confirmation. But, uh, I'm getting myself to the place where these types of things are normal and to, and to expect them, expect the confirmation of your imagination and your affirmation and so forth. And I find that, uh, I find that uh, keeps me in that medicine space, if you will. And Corey, uh, you yeah. can also apply that anywhere in your life, in any domain of your life, apply that energy. Uh, that sure. intent, that normalcy, feeling like it's you've got all the money that you need to share your light or to start your businesses or to start your nonprofit foundations, whatever. You've got it. Feel as if you have it already or yeah. you've got the new apartment or whatever the thing is that you're doing. So, Yeah, yeah. Anything is possible. All right, Guy. So what's next for you, man? What's, uh, how do you bring it forward? How do you envision uh, <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I envision me doing pretty much the same thing. It's a support role. I'm here to support, you know. Coming to um, my I island like once I win this big in. case. I would like... I would, I'm sorry? I said... Sorry, I, Jordan? I didn't hear anybody talking. I was. Uh, I apologize if you guys were rolling back and forth, but I, was, I had myself breaking my own rules and didn't have myself on mute. And I said, you're coming to my island once I oh. win this big case. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Um, but as far as medicine for the people goes, um, I, my hope is that I have other people that are looking. They share the same vision, and and they're like, "Here, I want to bring this. I want to bring this." And I have, you know, full resources coming in, and, and people really going, "Okay, like let's do this together." 
You know, I've been doing these since 2011, pretty much, pretty much solo. Um, have help here and there, and, and everybody adds their medicine and whatnot. But I'm, I'm not sure where it's going. It doesn't have a website. It doesn't have anything. You know, it's not on paper. It's not. It, I mean, like it's a volunteer. Everything was a volunteer position. Was the last one. Like there's no money. You know, and all the money went to the land owners, kind of thing. And and you know, it's kind of. Um, I don't want to make it a business, but it, I don't. I want to be inclusive. You know what I mean? I want people to be able to come in, and for me to be able to support more than a hundred, a lot of people like we had, then I need other people to really step in and go. Okay, this is I'm willing to help with, you know, recycling and volunteers and whatnot. So we're gonna see. We, you know, well, I'm also looking for property. Just throwing that out there. Um, we've been doing it in public venues for a while, and the drums. Um, haven't been <laughs> mixed with the locals sometimes, um, you know, but so we're, not, we're got some guilty. things to iron out, but the intention is always going to be there. I'm personally driven to continue. It's a part of my life now, you know. Right. Anyway, any, anywhere where uh, folks would find out more about the medicine for the people, events or upcoming events or I try to do them on the equinoxes, you know. I'm hoping to have a website up or something by, I did hold the domain name, uh, medicineforthepeoplespiritualgatherings.com. So I have a domain name. I just need to build a website kind of thing. Um, All right. But this last so one was supposed to be just a casual camp out. It was so, like, you know, I was going to move forward on a lot of stuff, but, you know, I backed off. So right, I'm, so I'm seeing no, I, so I, you get, you're getting good in. results. You're getting gr- you're getting great results just off of one to one, just talking to people, and letting them know, and then kind of it is. You. It's just me. Yeah, it's it got teared eighty six times. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's making uh, itself. I'm not really taking responsibility for this. this yeah, this part of the evolution. I'm just a facilitating. I'm just listening and filling in, connecting the dots, and it's not even me. I made a Facebook page. Everybody else came to the rescue. You know. So that's fine too. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure if I wanted this to turn into some kind of burning man or whatever. You know what I mean? Like so. But I believe that the consciousness is happening like that. Of you know, the consciousness is ripening. People are needing this. They're thirsting for it. That's reason. You know, I'm holding the space for it. Sure. That's why they show up. Yeah. Right on. And amazing people do every time. Well, right on. Well, definitely. uh, Definitely keep us posted, Ben, for whatever else you got going on. I look forward to hearing more. Yeah. All right, thanks for okay. coming on, man. We're gonna go to. We're gonna move on to Daphne. Stick Moon. around. Yeah, do hey, stick around, guys. Hey, Daphne. How Hi. are you? What's your story? What's your story? Uh, well. Um, last year, the same weekend as the fall medicine for the people, um, I really wanted to go, but I had already committed to do another event called Triunity. Um, and it was three festival organizer groups coming together to create a big healing arts gathering in Missouri. Um, and that was the first goddesses of light temple. Um, 
me and a group of other women went up to Missouri from Texas and connected with uh, my best friend Thea, who had just moved there, and her tribe, the Sacred Circus. Um, and we had a weekend of really beautiful workshops and uh, group healings and um, you know, really facilitated some amazing stuff, and I fell in love with it. Uh, so I decided to bring the temple back with me, and the Medicine for the People in the Spring was the first event that I did by myself. Um, and being amongst the group that Guy has manifested um, was really amazing for me because it helped me to to, I guess, step back from the idea that I needed to do so much and that I could just allow this stuff to really come through me and be a channel for it instead. Um, and our vision for the temple is a feminine-inspired spiritual space that honors both masculine and feminine. Uh, we find that a lot of times in the goddess community, um, there's this like ostracizing of the yeah. masculine uh, you know, men aren't allowed in at all or, you know, demonized in these kinds of ways. And um, the the younger generation, I think, is beginning to recognize that we can't heal just the feminine and just the masculine. We all have this balance of masculine and feminine inside of each of us. And when we ostracize the, you know, exterior masculine, we're also ostracizing a part of self. Um, just a point of clarification here, Daphne and Corey. Uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that it's it's very refreshing to finally hear somebody really hit the nail on the head on that point with regards to this is just a physical meat sack, guys. You are the expressing embodiment of male and female. Like even if you are in, you know what I mean? like. It's it's a it's a unity. It's it's a sacred unity. So when you when you're unifying with somebody else. You're a male and female unifying with male and female aspect, and it comes into this like, not like tri-unity, but like, I don't even know how to describe it. But I wanted to honor you and thank you for actually saying the words that I've been uh, expressing myself, uh, and, and just calling to light the the importance of balance, no matter where the inequity is arising. It doesn't matter who is doing it or what group is doing it. It just let's come on, guys. Let's just come back to balance. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, Stephanie. yeah. I was going to yeah. say, oh, what a novel idea. <laughs> Unfortunately, why does it have to be novel? Why does it have to be that we just exactly. like attach to this physical body in such an intense way that my vagina prevents me prevents me from being able to speak to you in a way that we can both like interact and be balanced and okay with each other just because our genitals are different, you know? I feel the same thing about race. I think it's all a big dog and pony show that's been used to divide people for so long, and so many people are playing into it, not only on the victim role side, and I don't disparage anybody who's gone through victimhood or anything, but on the perpetrator side as well. It's just all just learned hate and oppression. You just got to let yeah, go of that shit. This right. total that, crap. That, that, that's the core of my uh, of my somewhat sarcastic statement of what a novel idea because it seems particularly <laughs> particularly recently things are just ratcheting up out of control I, I can't even keep track anymore uh, so yeah thanks for thanks for putting that forward and thanks for uh, thanks for keeping that in the forefront of, uh, of how you operate very important I mean it's, yeah, yeah. Well, and we think that it's also important because one of the things that we are doing is focusing in um, on folks who have 
survived domestic and sexual violence, and we do a specific healing ceremony for those people uh, each time that we do a festival uh, because we feel like that is where the, um, I guess, rift sometimes is deepest when you have experienced that kind of trauma, um, learning to accept and love that other half again can be very difficult and painful. I I, got to commend you on that. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I I, I remember specifically that springtime medicine for the people where you were rocking the whole thing by yourself. And I didn't get a chance to attend the whole thing, but I listened from where I was at uh, preparing. And to hear what you guys were doing and holding the space that you are is just a fantastic thing. I, I think you're a great leader and facilitator in that field. Um, and, and, and for yes, for you to actually do something like holding a space for one of the root causes of abuse in this entire planet, like sexuality is intrinsically linked to the soul for a good reason because it's our procreation and creation out, uh, outlet, if you will, the, the main one that we have. And there's a reason that the CIA and other intelligence agencies have been using sodomy and forced uh, rape and all sorts of other things as a means of mind control because it, it effectively breaks down a person and shatters them to such a degree that they become just malleable to a certain yeah. point. And for well, you that's to a, another thing that's interesting about our uh, group of organizers is that all of the women that work with the goddesses of light as of now at least um, have some history of sexual or domestic violence. Uh, we all have gone through the experience of having that happen to us, that complete and total breaking down of self and this like thing that you create to heal or yeah. the authentic self that you find as a result of that breakdown. Um, and usually there's a little bit of both, you know? Um, and so we're all kind of using the trauma to transform us and to make us stronger facilitators for these kinds of events. You've basically gathered a group of alchemists together, and you're alchemizing that personal mm. trauma and others Uh-oh. as well. Yes. Right. Oh, wow. So yeah. did you, is there anything specific that you wanted to tell people about it, or maybe uh, I'll let Corey do the guiding here, but I'm just I'm fascinated with that's what exactly what your mission is, because I thought it was just a space-holding thing, and I'm really excited to learn that you guys are really kicking ass for the divine feminine that needs to come back on this planet. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, our um, our intention is to travel to as many festivals as possible, offer this space in as many places as possible. Um, and it seems like every event that we show up to, we leave with at least one or two women who are like, I want to do that. Um, and so we just keep building this group. And my eventual vision is to have a network of women healers and teachers across the country so that no matter where the temple goes for a festival, there are going to be a few people from that area that can show up. And then the people at the festival can go, oh, I really like this teacher. Where can I find more of her? They just go to our website and they find the classes and the workshops and the things that the, that teacher is doing in their area so that they can continue mm. healing with these women. Mm. Excellent. That's excellent work. I, I, I love the idea of, I mean, aren't we all kind of here in some way or another to uh, use our experiences, positive or negative, in an alchemical way to grow and develop ourselves? Isn't yeah. that really, isn't that the purpose of, of being here? Yeah. So this year, you know, um, the 
the group of us that we had together already, there were seven women across four states that sat in ceremony at the same time for the new moon in July. And we birthed a new goddess specifically for our temple. Um, her name is Zephyr, and she is the goddess of personal medicine. Um, and she's an ancient goddess that has been forgotten about because of the way that our society has developed. But she's here to remind us that we all have some kind of personal medicine. That thing that we do to heal ourselves is also our gift to heal the rest of the world. Um, and so when people come into the temple space, we're inviting them to go into self and to find that medicine. So when they leave, they can share it. I just, it's sort of, so when you say creating a new goddess, um, it's something that I really love explaining because there's all these badass little things that you can do with your soul energy and your mind and your intent and your shared mutual pledge together of your energies. It is absolutely 100 fucking percent possible to create this to create the means by which an entity consciousness can enter and or create the entity itself or just a space that can act as a, a self-aware self-organizing self uh you know spreading love everything type of entity you know from physical examples like making a golem which has been in hebrew uh, tradition for a long you know thousands of years those guys have secrets there that they learn from the egyptian mysteries uh or whether it be you know a bunch of soldiers die on a battlefield and all of a sudden you've got this crazy angry aggressive elemental spirit running around that certain part of bulgaria or you know what have you for thousands of years until it dissipates back into nature there's all these different levels of of possibilities and things that are possible so it's very easy for people to get turned off by certain words and phrases and i i applaud you for like being whole wholly authentic in what you guys are doing so thank you for that like <laughs> Thanks for giving this me the space in which to speak about it authentically. Absolutely. Uh, is there anywhere else we can learn more? Do you have a website right now or anything that uh, you'd like we to share? We do. So actually, um, beautifully, perfectly timed. I uh, was able to complete the website today, um, <laughs> goddessesoflight.com. Um, and from there, you can see photographs of what we've done at the festivals that we've already been to. You can see photographs of all of the women that are currently involved, as well as get their bio. Um, and I'm working on uploading their website and social media and all that kind of stuff so you can find them um, as well. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Look, Corey, do you have anything else? Uh, any other questions? Uh, no, that's it, basically. I just, you know, I just... Uh, I just want to reiterate how uh, important it is, you know, the whole masculine and feminine uh, divide, it seems, that seems to be the, the, the new or the uh, ratcheted up moral panic of the day, one of several, I guess. I don't know. It's like it's like a coin fighting, uh, you know, two sides of the coin fighting each other. It's kind of ludicrous. So to hear people... Uh, as yourself, address that directly uh, is uh, is refreshing. And, it's two and, uh, DNA uh, strands hugging each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, good man. Definitely, uh, yeah. Keep us informed. Definitely going to check out the site and um, you know let and, us and know stickers. when uh, any updates that you have, or whatever. Uh, reach out to us. Reach out to Jordan. Keep us posted about that. Yeah, yeah our first event in the spring is going to be the Spring Medicine for the People. Uh, so if you want to come see us, you can see Guy and everybody else at the same time. 
Perfect. Right Perfect. On. And make sure if you have time, stick around till the end of the show because once we get through everybody, I want to like, there's some points and connections I want to make because there's a lot of you that are really on almost on the same path with some of these projects that you're doing and you know may not have got the chance to talk to each other about it. So and you, you'll see coming up soon yeah. in the rest of the show. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you, Daphne and Corey. If you'll jump right to the next guest. Right on. Do we have uh, we have Eric on the line still? Yes, we do. I'm here. All right, Eric Davis, welcome, man. Uh, Thank you. It's great to be here. Right on. Well, says says here that you are shaman from birth. AKA that was me. That's otherwise known as hugging bear, which I like the great image. An adept master of more than 40 different healing modalities. Wow. And a heart opener, man. Tell us, tell us about yourself, man. I spend much of my day trying to figure out ways to improve the quality of their lives and those around me. Right on. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a smile. A lot of the time it's sitting there and listening to 10 minutes or even three hours of their life and asking them questions where they can reflect upon their life and see their life differently and help them solve issues in their life. I do spend a lot of time doing that. The concept is also to teach them to do this with other people. If you help 25 people in a week, that's great. But if you can teach five people a week to help other people help themselves, then you make a greater impact. Sure, you got math. Got math on your side. Great that you stay uh great that you that you that you use the term that you describe what you do is uh, asking people questions as a way of uh uh you know, inquiry and getting people open and able to identify with themselves. It's a technique. It's a technique that we use kind of in in, in law, and that, yeah. and that Jordan is very familiar with in, in the wordsmithing, and that uh, <clears throat> you know it's much more effective on a, on a number of levels uh, to ask people questions as opposed to uh, you know telling them what they do or telling them what you think. If you ask someone a question, you automatically engage them. You, are, you automatically recognize them, you know, and, uh, and then you offer an opening for them to uh, even to work their own stuff out or just to open their hearts or to outpour what's on their mind or in their hearts. So that stuck out of my mind immediately. Uh, I wanted to interject real quick, Eric and Corey. Uh, Corey, this just attests to the same frequency that we're on, bro. The the very words that you just picked out when he said asking a question stuck out to me too. I, I was like, oh, hey, he's asked. He, what he's doing is he's lowering shields, and I'll let you respond to this, Eric. But when you when you talked, I had when you said I asked them questions about their life and I listened to them. You're getting all this information, blah, 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 blah. And then you, when you get what you need and you see the big picture, you ask a few poignant questions or choice quest, key questions, and all the shields come down and they're able to reflect. So when you talked, I could see it was just, I saw like you hugging, 
hugging this giant black metal sphere, right? And yeah. you're just and you're listening to the sound that's coming out of it, and you're just listening. You got your ear on it, and you're hugging it. And then all of a sudden, you ask a couple of questions, and it retracts. And then guess what's behind it is this beautiful rainbow aura of that's just shining. But it's got these webs and cords and connections of choices and everything spinning around it and through it. And there's these little nodes of key choices that these people made or key events that they went through that are, are colored. And I, I'm, I'm just describing to you the vision I had when you were talking. I heard every word you said. I was listening to you. But this is also going on in my brain <laughs> at the same time. And so now there's this aura full of, of nodes of major life choices. And you're, you're, I see you poking them. You just touch them. Touch, 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 touch. And the person becomes aware of them. And then now they're able to, they're free to make the decision on, do I resolve this past connection? Do I let it be? Do I continue it? Do, what do I, you know, whatever I do. So I just wanted to say that and then allow you to describe a little bit more about what you're doing and maybe respond to that a bit if you wanted to. So thank you for that as well. You're welcome. And yes, I do. I tend to ask pointed questions when I get inside so they will reflect upon decisions and words that they have shared with people, and I get them to go beyond the veil of their ego and get into their heart, because our heart and our ego rarely have the same thing to say. When we live our life through our ego, we tend to have shallow connections. When we live our life through our heart, we tend to have lifelong connections. Now, sometimes we can have shallow connections for life, but when you get somebody under their heart and they make decisions through their heart, they tend to have a much, much better life, much more fulfilling, um, less discord. Um, when you have somebody who's got a room full of people, but they're feeling lonely, they often are living their life through their ego, or they're living their life in their heart, and other people are not connecting to them through their heart. Do you have a question? Well, yeah, that's, that speaks to, for me at least, it speaks to somebody who hasn't still made the decision to move through to a different space. I find a, a very reoccurring pattern with a lot of so-called light workers, if that's the term you want to use, or people who are in their power or coming to power or awakening to their power, literally a uh, archetype, if you will, or reoccurring theme is the losing of family or friends uh, because they don't agree with you or they think you're crazy or so on and so forth. And so that when you describe the person standing there in heart connection in a room full of egocentric people, I mean, what you're describing is literally 99 out of 100 people Seriously, there's maybe one out of a hundred that are really, truly heart-centered, connection, connected, and can remain that way without being sucked back into this mass-controlled consciousness. So for, for you to be showing people how to do that and then them replicating that skill and showing others, I think that is one of the most important shamanic practices you could be doing right now instead of just individual healing, just in my own little opinion. but. Yeah. Uh, I recognize you for that. I honor you for it. And it, is there any specific, maybe, skill or anything important that you're called to share about your work? Well, I not only practice and teach, but I also teach people to 
teach 240 of techniques or modalities in healing. Uh, my path, my greatest path here is to teach teachers to teach people. And that's where I feel the greatest fulfillment. And I do maybe 25 sessions a week with people where I help them resolve issues in their life or find their heart center, work out issues with their parents, their kids, their loved ones, their spouses, their husbands and wives. Um, I also work on people getting into their mind and helping them heal their body. Some doctors that I've done with you, well, that is called psycho-neuro-immunology. And what they feel is I'm going to people that are Sort of. I don't know if you're on speakerphone, but we we can hear you, and then we can't hear you, and then it's. Is this better? Oh, that's perfect. Is this okay. Better? Yeah. If okay. You could please go through. So, so the doctors that I've done work with feel when I help people get into their mind and unlock the part of the mind that heals the body, sometimes spontaneously, sometimes in days or weeks, they feel that technique is called psychoneuroimmunology from allopathic medicine, which means getting the mind to stimulate the immune system to do what it's yeah. programmed to do, but previously failing to do. That's right. Uh, that's that's, so that's one of the, that's probably one of the most profound ones, techniques. I've seen quadriplegics get up and walk after three hours of work. I've seen people that were in final stages of cancer have it disappear in weeks. Uh, I've never seen anything that was not healable except post-mortem. Of course, and, and I know that uh, think people like Rick Simpson, who makes a cannabis oil for cancer, he started because he started making that for his own skin, and he put it on his cancer tumors on his skin, and it was gone within three days. Then you've got the fact that they're, they've now found a way to have human fat cells convert into, um, into stem cells in a very quick manner. And so I think there's all sorts of different avenues for self-healing that the body can tap into, and a lot of those are electromorphic resonance field-based. What that means is if you heal the electric, electrical magnetic field or the, the soul matrix or the light bodies, if you heal those traumas on that level, if the person doesn't have physical implants or blocks or whatever, it's likely to heal the body there. And if you haven't healed the body there, even doing the upper work, then you come down and you, and you do your, you know, like you said, your three hours of work or whatever on the physical body. And then voila, the person stands up again and everybody thinks it's a miracle when it's just the natural order of things. So bravo. To, exactly. Yeah. yeah and, and mentioning tumor, I think the greatest, uh, the fastest recovery I've ever seen on a cancer tumor was a four-inch palpable tumor shrank down to the size of a pea in three days. It happens. It happens. Wow. It sounds unbelievable, yeah. but there's medical wow. cases of things that are even more unbelievable. So, sure. uh, so sure. Corey, can you go ahead and jump into the questions for him, and then Eric, if you can uh, make those as brief as possible, but answer those. We'll let you plug your stuff. We'll get to the next people, and then when we're done, if we still have a little time, everybody can sort of collaborate together a bit before we leave. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of asking everyone the same question. So, um, what was uh, you were at the Kraus Springs event, the uh, medita medicine to the people. What, what was your most memorable takeaway from that, from this last event? Did we lose him? You there, guy? It's Eric. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, Eric. Oh, can you repeat that? Yeah. What was your uh, What was your most memorable uh, recollection of the Cross Springs event, the Medicine to the People event, the latest one? Oh, I I saw many people show up. Many were strangers, mm-hmm. and many left this family. Mm-hmm. I saw people with walls break down and cry and keep those walls down and start sharing love from their heart. Um, I know that's not the most memorable, but as a whole picture, Mm. I have to say that was the greatest memorable thing because it happened all over the place. Mm. Mm. I saw a lot of people get into their heart chakra and just fill and share love. Mm. Excellent. So it was an overall effect for me mm-hmm. that is the most mm-hmm. memorable part. There was no pivotal point. There was no crucial point. It was mm. just, I watched 120 people come together with issues in their life and sadness and fears and, and get together and just find their heart and open it up and share it. Excellent. And, and, I mean, I think this is the most important question to ask, Corey. We can just maybe cut this down to this question for everybody. And I do sure. want to bring up the fact that uh, I believe I forgot to have um, Daphne answer that question. So for, forgive us, Daphne. If we can bring you back on. And uh, Eric, thank you for that answer. That was perfect. And if you just You're stick around well. a little bit. Thank you all. Yeah. And, and for you, what's next, Eric? What's next? Um, I do lots of individual and private sessions, and I'll be doing what I like to call shamanars in the near future. (laughs) And I can be contacted through Facebook at E-R-I-C space D-A-V-I-S or on my cell phone at 713-397-7717. I'll have a website up in the next couple months. Uh, We've taken it down and we're redoing it. All right, give that Facebook address again. E-R-I-C space D-A-V-I-S. And there are lots of people with the same name, so you kind of have to look at pictures to see who I am or read read on there and find something that would indicate which Eric you're you're reading. Sure sure thing. And maybe just the phone number one more time because we can hear you pretty good right now. 713-397. Seven seven one seven. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. In there. You're welcome. Thank you all very much. You're welcome. Stick around for a bit, and if you can, and uh, Corey, will you please yeah. jump. Corey, will you please jump back to Daphne real quick? Let's get her answer to that question. I don't want to uh, skip her. Memorable. Memorable. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. And then the question was, how? What are your plans to carry your work and the energy uh, of the no, event? Number two first. Number two. She Springs. never answered number two. We want to give oh, her that. From, oh, about Cross Springs, about the event specifically. What's most memorable for you? Uh, the most memorable thing for me was uh, the sound healing that Bobby and I co-collaborated on. Um, I called in Sacred Space, and he started the music, and uh, it kind of 
the same theme of what we've been talking about, that idea of personal medicine. Everybody jumped in with whatever instruments and voice and, you know, everything that they were comfortable with adding to the space. Um, and we co-created as a giant group. It started with maybe like 12 or so. And then by the end of it, there was easily, what do you think, 40 people there or so? It was about a pretty 40. large group of us all... It was like 40 with some about 10 stragglers wondering whether they should participate or not. Yeah, hanging around, around uh, on the edges. And, I mean, there were even people, there was a guy doing, like, uh, qigong, and there was a woman hooping, and, like, everybody was throwing their energy into the space. So instead of it just being, like, sound healing, where everybody lays down and one guy does his thing, it became this huge collaborative experience where everyone got to participate at whatever level they were um, comfortable and I, I think it turned out to be a really beautiful and transformative experience. Excellent. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, any, anything else? Uh, that's the most memorable thing from, from Crow Springs. As far as like where I'm carrying this on uh, forward, uh, like I said earlier, my first event next year is going to be Medicine for the People in the spring. Yep. Um, and then right. we are looking to attend as many spiritually minded uh, festivals as we can throughout next summer. So if anybody listening or anybody participating knows of an event that would be open to allowing us to come and throw our energy into the space and kind of co-create the event with them, um, please feel free to, to get in touch with me. Uh, like I said, our, our website is goddessesoflight.com and we're on Facebook as Goddesses of Light Dallas. Boom. You're, you're just an expert at this. We gotta get you guys back on here. Thanks so much. I appreciate that, Daphne and Corey. If you'll jump to Ruta, please. Uh, Ruta, Rosalia, and Jorge are waiting patiently. We're gonna get to all three of them. Right on. Welcome, Ruta. Are you there with yes. us? Yes, I am. Hey. All right. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here in the show. And I'm um, actually wanted to say how glad I am that I was able to make the connection with all of these wonderful people that are participating here today, except I think Rosalia, I don't think we actually um, saw each other at the event, but I, I am very happy that I made a connection with all of them, so thank you for inviting me here. Of course, of course, and and if you could, I, I've went ahead and wrote up some descriptions based on sort of what I knew could put together from Facebook profiles, so, I mean, Corey can read that, but uh, it's, I'm sure it doesn't really accurately describe what you're into. You're doing some really cool stuff, so maybe if you could just tell our listeners and tell everybody else a, a little bit about you, what you're doing, and what your medicine is, and we'll just go from there. Right, yes, um, you know, I feel like there's just so many things <laughs> that I do, but I was thinking it all kind of gets summed up into this one umbrella, and that's sacred union embodiment. And ultimately what it's about, it's healing the separation consciousness between the feminine and the masculine, inner and outer. So I actually want to also mention, thank you, Daphne, so much for doing this work as well. You mentioned feminine and masculine, and that's really awesome. Um, to hear someone who does also very feminine-centered spiritual practices but includes all, everyone. There's no separation. There's no exceptions. And, um, and what it also, um, what I also work with is be birthing of womb consciousness 
in everyone, again, men and women including. So when I say womb, I don't really necessarily mean the physical organ that women have. It's really energetic space. And um, Mm -hmm. in in Japanese um, uh, tradition, I don't know if anyone heard about like Harakiri, how uh, Japanese warriors, right, would kill themselves by putting a knife into their energy center. So that's the same. Thank you. Ruta, I apologize for interrupting. You are probably the only other person that I have ever spoken with besides Corey, literally, that knows about why they do the stomach in that area. They, they knew. <laughs> they, they instantly, it, it dissipates right. and bleeds out all of your energy at once. Right, oh, right. Oh, thank you for that. So, Please continue. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and this is exactly what it is. It's our, the center of our life force. And um, I, I heard, I think you, Jordan, were mentioning about um, how integral is sexuality to our life. So this is the same thing. Our mm-hmm. life force, the creative force, the sexual force, it's all there, the creation. Um, so my work is really about rebirthing that womb consciousness, that oh, the state of original innocence. And um, what I mean by saying the state of original innocence, it's, um, it's really shedding the layers of what we think we are versus who we truly are, and who we truly <laughs> are is just is just energy of love, right? So yes. you know, healings of like different shamanic healings, healings um, like trauma release, um, healing sexuality, reclaiming our power and the power really of that our womb or hara in men, right, that energy center and our heart. So when we have those two centers merge, we step into our, the most powerful power, you know, like that's where our authentic self just begins to shine, like our being just is reborn back into that state of, again, who we truly are, which is love. So... And yeah, a lot of work that I do is um, really tuning in um, just into our body. And our bodies hold, you know, a lot of wisdom. This is where love, spirituality, and sexuality meet. So, um, yeah, I feel like, (laughs) you know, there's just so many um, aspects under that one umbrella of that sacred union embodiment, again, inner and outer. And... um, yeah, that that kind of sums up a bit, <laughs> at least a, a portion of um, of what I do. Aruda, I think you, you you totally just hit the nail on the head on so many different <laughs> boards. Um, and I've got, I mean, there's like we could do a whole show with how much I agree about all the things that you're talking about. <laughs> but right. essentially, I wanted to ask: Does this sound does this sound correct to you? Because I've recently become uh, uh, firsthand experiencer of a sacred birth. Uh, that I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to have with my partner and mm-hmm. and deliver my own child in, in my own arms, and it was a lotus birth and so on and so forth. Mm, wonderful. But, yes, but my understanding is that the birth process is um, at once psychedelic and at once traumatizing, uh, depending on the circumstances, the level of consciousness of the partners, the mother's body, whole mm-hmm. different host of factors. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the DMT is being produced in that baby, and the baby's DMT state is what's allowing it to just like stay the other chemicals as well. 
but allow it to just like be pushed. It's just total vulnerableness, total like total release. Like I am releasing into this into this body, into this world. I'm being birthed, and a lot of things. In, while they're in that vulnerable state, a lot of things happen in in the course of modern society. Uh, mm-hmm. They get the cord cut, they get ripped out of their they uh, C-section, they you know feel their mother's pain or trauma conditioning. Um, right. You know, uh, vaccinations. I'm not even going to go there. That's so bad. But anyways, uh, all these things the that happen. That's right. A slap on the ass. And, um, you know, all these different right. rough physical. It's just so fucked wow. up for them. Yeah, it's- Oh, I agree. This is such a deep topic. You know, I can second that. You know, we can make the totally the entire show uh, just on this topic. Also, you know, like what I, what I've, I don't have kids, but what I've done research and talked to other people, there is a possibility of actually having orgasmic birth. Um, uh, we did. For, I can tell you, it's yeah. not only oh, possible; it's actually true. Right. She, she had an Hi. orgasmic birth. And I would well, love to have everyone to talk about it sometime. Right. So I, you know, I don't know to be honest about DMT. What you said, um, but I can, that can po- totally be true. And you know what we do with with birth process in this Western world. This is where that first wound. I actually did a shamanic wound. journey on the five yes. wounds of love during the uh, the medicine for the people. And this is where the first wound really begins to develop, that wound of separation. When we, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, basically just ripped, uh, ripped out of the womb, you know, cut the cord, you know, clean up, take the measurements, whatever you want to do with the baby. And the baby is like, has a huge traumatic experience, just all of the sudden coming from this cozy, warm dim, very feminine dimension, actually, this dream time, all of a sudden, this fluorescent yes. light, you know, people are handling huge trauma for the baby. And, uh, you know, if, if also a woman works, does her work and really works on clearing a lot of imprints and traumas from her womb, from this life and any past lives, um, with the teachings that I'm with, it said that we all could be born with Christ consciousness. Because as we're born, we carry a lot of imprints from our, um, uh, the the, the mother lineage, from our ancestors. So if the woman, if the mother actually does the work and clears, we can have Christ consciousness born immediately. So I want to speak personally to that. I haven't really made an announcement or said anything for good reasons, but my child is exhibiting... Uh, high levels of intelligence, uh, focus, can look at things for 15 mm-hmm. minutes at a time. And this is when she was three wow. weeks old. She came wow, out with her awesome. eyes open. She came out in the sack originally, started breathing. Uh, she's trying to speak already at three and a half months. There's oh, all wow. sorts of different things that prove to me that when there's an orgasmic birth, there's no trauma, There's um, the cord is left on with them, and, they're, and they co-sleep, which is the natural state of things, mm-hmm. that all of these things are mitigated. But unfortunately, that's not the case for most people. So if I had to describe your work in, um, in using the term that you said, 
what, is it accurate to say that you you help people reclaim that original state or you cleanse them of their conditioning and, and traumas in such a way or allow them to do it themselves in such a way that then they can come back to that original state? And so being born again, literally, even you know, notwithstanding all the religious connotations to that, but literally being born again into their own power. Is that a correct, yeah. accurate description? <laughs> That's actually very, very beautifully summed up. I almost want to write it down and put it on my website. <laughs> so, yes, that's pretty much what it is. Yes, it's, it's coming back to that state. And, you know, um, it's, it's funny also, I don't know why it's coming to me. I just want to say a lot of people right now so focused on enlightenment, right? And, like, we want to reach that state of enlightenment and go up high into these higher realms of consciousness and it's beautiful. This is where we all want to be. But we are already born enlightened, so there's really no, no place to reach. We are already born enlightened. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. So all we need to do is actually go back. And I truly believe that we are the ones that we've been looking for, that we've been waiting for. So the we have show. to go back. We have to descend back into the womb, like cosmic womb the womb of Gaia, to be reborn in order to ascend back up. So instead of focusing on going into those higher realms right away, we have to do the work. We have to descend, go into that shadow um, part of us to really reclaim our power. That's our womb and the heart merged together in order to come into this Christ consciousness. Oh, and I'm I'm going to let Corey go ahead and ask you the questions here, but they're going to pale in comparison to the truth that you just dropped there. Um, I want to say, Ruta, you're living example, as everybody else here and as many of us, living example that words and concepts and, and truths and universal truths do not need a degree. They do not need an official certificate. They do not need somebody else to sit you down in a wasteful, economic-wasting, unsustainable school that uses electricity and oil and all this other crap for you to somehow realize what you already know. So, uh, again, I, I don't want anybody to discount themselves in their power. For you to have just brought out these truths here, I've been doing this radio show for a year, and you literally just touched on like eight of our episodes in one <laughs> go. So whatever you're doing, you are, you're so freaking tapped in. Keep doing it. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll, Thank you so you're much. welcome. I'll kick it over to Corey. Awesome. Yeah, Ruta, I mean, to, to what Jordan was saying, the power of our, of our own intent, power of human intention, uh, I think is vastly, vast, and imagination is, uh, is vastly underrated and, and, uh, underrepresented mm. so uh, I just want to want to point that out mm-hmm. another thing that uh, that impressed me is that um, yeah we're 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 coming into a time where I think people increasingly are becoming more aware of that and that yeah, uh, I agree you know, once that comes that's you know I I've, I've said on past shows that uh, human human attention is the, one of the most, if not the most powerful force on the earth. And uh, those who control the vast majority of human attention can also control human intention. 
and that seems to me to be the device, the divisive oh. device. I want to point a clarification. Uh, they can yeah. they can present the reality that's so enticing to everybody that they either consciously or subconsciously accept being controlled. I would, I would say yeah. that's got to be clarified. Yeah, right. And and voluntarily because it's, it requires that we volunteer for it. Mm, but uh, yeah, fantastic. So and and specifically, uh, my second question is uh, about the Cross Springs. Is that uh, what was your takeaway on it? What was your sense of it? So Medicine for Big People, that was actually my first first one to attend. And, oh, you know, so many. It's hard to kind of pinpoint one. It did stick to me the jump circle that we did on, uh, I believe, was Saturday night. That yeah. jump circle that uh, it was, to me personally, I felt such a wonderful blending and merging of the feminine and masculine energies. It was just everything moved with such a ease, with such a genuine curiosity for each other, for the movement, for the sounds. It was just beautiful. It was breathtaking to be in that space with everyone. And also just the sense of community, you know. I can't really remember who said it. I believe it was Eric. I really agree how he saw people coming just by themselves and many left as part of the family, part of something bigger, greater. So I saw that as well, and that's really wonderful to feel that sense of community and um, what I like to call a little pot consciousness. Um, so that was very beautiful. That did leave a bit, big impression, and I can't wait for the second one, for, for me personally, second one, <laughs> but the next one in spring. <laughs> we can't wait to yeah. see you. Yeah, excellent. Might have to get over there myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you've got the Prius, my friend. You can go cross country. <laughs> Corey's great. in Arizona, so he's not too far. Great, great. Right. What are your What are your, What are your next steps? What are your plans? What do you see in the immediate future for yourself oh. and your and your work? Right. Well, a lot of things actually unfolding right now, but in October, um, actually, this is October already. So this month, I have actually three uh, three workshops that I do. Two of them are in Austin and one will be in Dallas. And Austin will be on the 7th and 21st um, from 4 to 8 p.m. It will, it will be Saturday on both days. And it will be at the yoga studio called Modo Yoga. And what it will be about, it's, it's kind of what I always spoke about, about Sacred Union. So the first part will be uh, finding the inner harmony, so finding that inner marriage between your own feminine masculine, uh, finding out um, the gifts, the wounds, the healthy and healthy traits, and really finding where you stand, and then we'll do a bit of shamanic journey with that. Um, and the second part on 21st, um, also in that same model yoga in Austin, will be about sacred union, opening to love. So we'll be journeying way more in depth with those five wounds of love that I led the shamanic journey at the Medicine for the People and really finding the ways of opening to love and dropping deeper. And the workshop in Dallas will be in between. <laughs> it will be on the 14th of October from 2 to 6 at a yoga studio called Divine Sight. Um, and yeah. that one is only for women. Um, and that one will be about 
tapping into the true wild woman archetype um, and journeying with that. Um, Are you working with Jylin? You're working with Jylin and Daisy Winsong over there at Divine Sun? Um, no, actually, I met Jaylin, but I just kind of keep in touch with Jamie, um, the owner. But okay. I never got a chance to actually meet Winsong, which I'm really looking forward to see if I can. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you guys should, I'll put you two in touch there. And, um, oh, absolutely. Okay, great. So thank you so much. Is there, a, is there a website or a Facebook page, or how can people mm-hmm. get a hold of you? Yeah, so you, I have a website called TheLamentalShakti.com. Um, I lost a website, so I'm kind of in the process of remaking it. And then you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, my first name, just R-U-T-A, uh, last name B-A-U-M-I-L-A, um, as well as I have Elemental Shakti business page as well. So, Which I, I liked recently because it looks really cool, and yeah. I, I like what you're doing, so... <laughs> Right, that's that's also under under improvement. So, <laughs> give, give me <laughs> we'll some keep time up the and good work. Good. <laughs> uh, you've got some really powerful stuff to share, and I think if you can find the correct medium, whether that's just continuing to speak to people, or uh, continuing your workshops, and or maybe even writing a book and getting some assistance with yeah. uh, conceptualizing it or yeah. describing. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so I have uh, a book in mind, uh, as well as com- a couple online courses. So stuff is really unfolding. So definitely stay in tune, and lots of good stuff is coming. <laughs> We're going to be around by the time that happens, so you're welcome to come back on the show, as is everybody else. So um, awesome. let's go ahead. Oh, right, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and we're going to try to get everybody a chance to say one last thing. I don't think we're going to be able to do like the collaboration. We're running out we're a little bit over right now, um, what, what I originally projected. I was very ambitious. Uh, but we will get everybody a chance to just say one last thing before we leave. Uh, and, by the way, we still have to get to Rosalia and Jorge Luis uh, as per the original uh, show. So thank you, that, thank you for that, Ruta. I appreciate that. And, Corey, if you'll just take it away from here. Yeah, thank you, Ruta. Fantastic. Look forward to uh, hearing from you again. And so, yes, we are on to Roselia. Are you there? Yay! Right. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Excellent. Tell us about Roselia. I will tell you about Roselia. Um, okay. I'll keep it short. Um, so, essentially, what has been downloaded into me is how to harness the energy that is locked in your blocked emotions. And so how to become aware of your emotions and at every level of your chakra, right? Because every every one of our chakras has a certain emotion that's connected to it. And when you tap into that emotion and meditate with it and are able to realize what's keeping that chakra blocked, and you release it, then you get that much energy back. That's how much more you are open to love and you are open to light because we're essentially vessels of light, right? That's why we're here, we're light beings. And and when you really focus on unlocking that energy and letting it and letting that light and love flow through you, then you are just a beam of light that can create whatever you want and can shift whatever you want, and just bring all the light into the world, right? Because that's what we're doing. We're, cl- we're connecting our light together so that we can bring everybody up with us. 
And so I'm starting workshops, and um, I've, I'm connected to some group of some groups of women that are doing that. And what we do is, so I, I specifically do hypnotherapy um, and conscious um, language, and I do that in groups and private. And I do it with Alicia and Howie. She was also at the Medicine for the People, um, and so then so then I also realized how. Once you unlock those emotions with your through your mind, through being able to be like, okay, so this thing made me scared. Why did it scare me? And through your really perspective. Realize, yes, it's your own. So, so I teach people to do this for themselves. And I don't. My thing is, I don't want you to need me. I don't want you to ever see me again. <laughs> I want you to see me once, and then figure it out, and then go and upgrade yourself all day. Um, nice. And. And so then I realized how once you unlock that energy that's been held by the blocked emotions, you actually have to move it out of your body. So we actually have to move, <laughs> right? Again, we are, like, these are vessels of light, and we have to keep our vessels in shape. And f- so, so eating yummy food and food that promotes that and doing activities that help move that energy out, you can actually... I mean, once if once you become so in tune with your emotions, you you know exactly where you hold fear. You know exactly where you hold anger. You feel it. You think you're angry, and then right away it's your solar plexus, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> and it's because we're we're just not aware of it. Um, so that's that's what I do, and and it's and as I've been doing this, it's it's exactly what we're all talking about. It's our mind. Our mind has these thoughts, and these thoughts create these emotions. And then we're like, what happened to the emotion? Because our heart is blocked, right? Because our heart is blocked, and we don't want to feel that pain that we do when we process the emotion. So and once now you're, like, I apologize. I just want to jump in. Mm-hmm. You're tying everything together, Rosalia. And you really are. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got to tell you. Okay, so so what uh, Ruta said about the um the Harikari practice because the energy center is there. There's a heart center, there's a brain center, and there's the stomach center, and those those are all vessels of light. And a lot of times they're blocked for whatever reason. Well, most of the time they're blocked. It's either physical or emotional. So for somebody to be healing the physical parts, yes, good, great, that's good. And then here you are over here, like some of our other friends, healing or showing people how to do it themselves, number one, and healing their emotional stuff, and, and it might sound crazy to some people, but I'm sure, Rosalia, that you know that there have been plenty of studies that show that emotions literally are held in the physical body. They are held in the muscles. And they're typically, nine times out of ten, will go to a particular spot because that is the instinctive area or the, the resonance connection to that particular chakra. So we all know the bio system exists. We all know bioenergy is there. We all know the chakra system exists. Even people, people just haven't woken up to it in some regards. But there's no doubting that. It's irrefutable that there's an energy body. It's irrefutable that there's meridians. It's irrefutable that there's chakras. So for you to be telling people there's certain emotions that, that like that chakra or are so similar on a vibrational scale that they typically manifest there, you're 100% correct, and I applaud you for that. Thank you. Like for actually tying that together. So, so how do what do you see normally when you see somebody? What's the typical release for them? Do they do it with you, or do they 
maybe it happens later? Or what, what's your typical result that it you happens, see from them? It happens later, and and I'm actually just just starting to to do these. Um, I've, this whole year has been a huge transition, and I and I first started with hypnotherapy, and once I connected with Alicia, Alicia Ann Howery, she was doing the same thing, and I hadn't even again the synchronicities, right? She she was she was doing the exact same thing, and she had gone through these courses, and she had um, spent all this money, and here I was meditating <laughs> the entire year, and I was being downloaded the same information, and. <laughs> And it you was were. beautiful. And and then I came across a Mary Magdalene book, and she said the same thing. So I was like, okay, thank you for the confirmation, universe. Um, and it's you want another beautiful. one real quick? Uh, here's, a, here's another one. Corey will remember this as well. What you describe in your work, when you talk about using the perception to understand the emotion to release the blockage, because the emotion's sort of like a a weather gauge. It, it, the emotion sort of tells the soul, okay, how should I imprint this on my long-term memory, you know, based on what I feel about this experience at this point. And the perspective is supposed to be there as like a stopgap to go, hey, hang on, we don't want to carry this fucking shit around with us for the next five lives. Let's just look at this real quick. You know what I mean? Oh, but it felt so real. I want to hold on to that feeling, even <laughs> if it's victim trauma, you know, and people hold on to their shit emotionally yeah. so for you to be the again like Ruta hit on some stuff that I've never heard anybody else talk about for you to hit on what we actually discussed in our sex relationships and emotions show which is essentially at the end of the day the controller of everything through your soul like the part of your soul that's like the administrator like oh fuck you know Jerry Jerry anger over here is fucking up or Susie sadness over here is fucking here again oh man we got to deal with this that that perspective that you that you maintain about what do you feel about that feeling? Why do I feel this way? Where did it come from? Blah 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 blah. The who, what, when, why, and where. The analysis for you to tell people that is how you get rid of it is just a blessing for me to hear because I am literally saying the same damn thing. You must <laughs> skip the emotion. Stop concentrating on the emotion. Uh, don't be hooked or addicted to feeling the emotion. You must gain a balanced perspective first and then operate and feel what you need to feel or what you choose to feel is valuable, but do it in a conscious manner. And for you to be doing that is just wonderful. So thank you for allowing me to actually describe what I was talking about. Uh, is there anything else like specifically that you want to share? Because when you're done talking, I've got a little something I want to share about our meeting at Medicine mm -hmm, for the People. Sure. It's just blew my mind. Um, I, I do. I do. Um, actually... I want to share two things. So one of them is that once, actually three things. So once you, once you start becoming aware of your emotions and, and really analyzing yourself and how your body reacts to your emotions, you start noticing body language, right? And you notice your body language and then you notice deep unconscious twitches and then like, why is my shoulder doing this thing? And then you start noticing in other people. And so it's, it's beautiful to have that awareness of, of where that person is at. When when before, like somebody could be angry and and you're just like, why the fuck is he angry? But then you actually pay attention to their body and yeah. they're telling you why they're angry. <laughs> you ever <laughs> when your people watching, anything. when your people watching, Rosalia, do you ever notice like and you can tell what a couple's going to do before it happens? You can tell they're about to get oh, into a fight. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes. I. Yeah. What you're describing is a skill that I had to learn 
from being beat over the head and jailed and stripped naked and sprayed with water and turned air conditioning turned on and kept without water and all sorts of fucking things that happened to me with the law and court systems and police. I had to learn how to read body language out of survival. So I was I was lucky enough to have that skill already. But when I see you teaching people this, I'm I'm, I'm very grateful. I really am because it's one of the most <laughs> valuable skills you can have is self awareness number one, and then situational awareness number two. So, yeah, and then yeah. okay, so two more things. Um, yeah, apologies for the other thing Please is that is that again, so we're energy, right? And and these energies, they so we come in like who had said it, Ruda, that we come in enlightened. And if we are not taught how to how to keep that light flowing without without um, gaining those blockages, if we're not taught how to just let that shit go, we will pick up energy from other people and we will give our energy to others. And so we don't ever process it, right? You're just We're just like, just hold on to this. For me for like 15 years. put it years in my bag and carry it around for the next 50 years. Yeah, and then I'll take some of yours and like, and that's what we're doing. So everybody is disembodied and everybody is like, all parts of us are, are spread out throughout the world because we have not been taught to just connect your body to your, your, your mind to your heart and, and let that shit go. Just feel it. Just feel the fucking pain. We're all so scared of, of feeling the pain. Yeah. And yep. it's really not that bad. You just got to keep breathing. <laughs> so you just <laughs> turn around, embrace it, and take it. Take your licks. Take mm-hmm. your universal licks. And if you don't, you're going to be running from something that's going to be an ever-growing monster for many, many lifetimes. So, yeah. um, Rosalia, is there any way that people can get a hold of We're just running a little bit out of time, so I apologize that okay. you guys were at the end. I want to okay. make sure everybody gets a chance. But I do want to hear, like, where can we get a hold of you? Um, how is best to ask you about you know, organizing another one of these events that you just started doing for these types of healings. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm actually going to give up my phone number and just message me before, don't call me because I don't answer unknown numbers. <laughs> so message me first, and that's 979-616-7673. You get 979-616-7673. And I'm also going to be sending my bio to me because we're connecting and I'm going to bring goddesses of the light to Houston um, and so I'll have my bio on her page as well on goddesses of the light I forget what it was sorry Daphne <laughs> um, and we're also I'm also with a nonprofit called heal, heal our women heal our world and we are in the process of creating a space right we were all talking about creating sacred space so that we can do this. And one of my missions has been to create a home in the cities, so first Houston and then start doing it everywhere, where this is happening all day, every day, and people can come and have the space of, of letting go and community and love and light. Um, so that's Heal Our Women, Heal Our World, uh, Goddesses of the Light, and then I gave out my phone number. Um, and then my, my name is Roselia Bañuelos. R-O-S-E-L-I-A-B-A-N-U-E-L-O-S, and you can find me on Facebook. I'm Excellent. in a meditation pose with, a, with an orb behind me. <laughs> yeah, with that blue orb. I like that. I saw that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I wanted to mention something about you that most people I don't think know this yet, but we met sitting at the picnic table when I was done cleaning the kitchen and cooking for a couple people that um, were sitting around. 
uh, we sat down and we started talking. And then what Eric had described earlier was people were migrating to our camp. They were just like we weren't advertising. We weren't saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. None of the activities were really happening. The lights weren't really that crazy. There's just the little rope lights. Yet 15, 20 plus people made their way at some point or another into our group. And a lot of them were like, oh, I've got the answers, the Masons this, the Freemans this, the blah, 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 this, the Illuminati this, the yada, 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 the this and the that and the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you're like you're like sitting there, anal- I'm like watching you. I'm like, okay, there's one person here that's watching everybody else. That person's really listening. What's what's she doing? And so the guy's like talking, 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 and I say, well, actually, you know, this, 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 and that is what's going on, and you missed that part of it, and it's this or that. And then you come in here with like the most amazing simple question like Corey, Roselia reminds me of Johnny Delirious. Do you know how Johnny has his takeaways mm. where he can get all these badass little like questions and things into one little sentence? Sure. She did that sure. to the guy and he was completely fucking stumped. <laughs> and no everybody else look I don't know if you noticed this, Roselia. Everybody else looked at you and was like, whoa, that was a good question. Including me. I said that was a fantastic <laughs> question. So you have the ability awesome. to bring the awareness to a such a focused point but at the same time encompass everything, I think that's something you really should, um, not, nobody wants to be shit on. I'm not telling you to do anything. Something that you may want to look at as, as part of your personal power and where you're going with these workshops is the ability for you to condense so much into one little sentence and just explode that on everybody and make them like scratch their heads. So, p- bravo. You know what? You, just, for- you know why that is? I'm just, I'm tired of us being in fear. I'm tired of us being in anger and like, and not just playing, like Straight playing to the point. And, and enjoying ourselves and living and enjoying this world, enjoying this beautiful world. Everybody is so caught up in their emotions and their ego that they can't get past it to just play and hang out. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're also a very it. balanced person, too. <laughs> At the same time, when you talk about play, I also heard you talking about organizing or helping bring activism or awareness to the NFL and how it's the biggest... Uh, or excuse me, the Super Bowl and how it's the biggest human trafficking event. Uh, it's a move. It's basically a moving human trafficking circus. Not to mention the entrenched systems that are already there in the Vatican and the religious orders and the Jesuits and the mafias and the CIA and all the congressmen and the governments that are all participating in these little pedo rings and child ritual sacrifices and things like this, which is not fun to talk about. It's not nice to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. And you are one of the one people that I didn't even have to tell people to tell you about the human trafficking and you were already on it. So that is something that you and Daphne yeah. may actually want to collaborate on as well. I was actually going to connect you, but it seems like you already did. You did that. Yeah. We're connected. The, yeah, yeah. And that comes from being, from being a mother and we talk about raising our women. Right. And, and what does that mean? What does it mean when our women become empowered again? We become, we, we become sisters. We become daughters. We become not just our women, our men as well, but, our women have been oppressed for a really long time, and, and we are angry, right? And so we have to process through that and, and get rid of our anger and then, and then be mothers and then, and then allow our earth to, to be our mother again as well. And so our children can come home, right? Like all, all of, there's a lot of our children that don't have homes. Or are being transitioned out of this planet in some of the most brutal ways, like the Rohingya massacre where women are holding their dead infants and their babies in their arms crying because of all these different retarded, idealistic things that are just ridiculous. So thank you for that. Um, I also want to say that, you know, I wanted to put in a side note, we're almost out of time, but 
the reason that the divine feminine has been held down so long is because it represents community tribalism, community government, community self-organization, uh, morals, values. It represents what this planet was originally thriving on in tribal communities. And in order to have a Western a capitalistic world, you have to inject the masculine in, su in such large amounts and dest destructive amounts that you can just totally disrupt the motherhood and the mother lineage there. So that's what that's about, in my opinion. Thank you for touching on Thank that. You, We're going to jump to Jorge Luis Gamboa, but I want you and, and everybody else back on the show at some point, if you're willing. So thank you so much. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks. Good, Corey. Thank Take it away, my friend. Nice. Or, we hey. have up next, we've got El, El Ambassador, and he's a cultural and esoteric anthropologist, or that's what he's working on right now. Uh, it says here you're also, Jorge, an experienced crafter and a tarot master. It's something that I'm, uh, something that I'm very interested to hear about. So please um, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and thank you very much for your patience. Oh, thank you all. Y'all have been a, really amazing to listen to. It's been a pleasure and honor just to be a part of something like this and having all these people come together. Uh, I guess a, a little bit of what, what I'm about is the stories that everyone is sharing here is just a compendium of all these stories that we as humanity have been creating and this has led to this great divergence divergence of what our story once was and what our story is now and that's a little bit of what culture modern culture anthropology is about the, the the culture of now these stories that we're weaving together and these realities that we're creating i mean i heard uh, daphne earlier saying that she her and the goddesses of light created their own goddess that's that's just this part of this whole new cosmos that we are creating as a humanity of today, you know, we have the, the reorganizing of the way we see the process of birth. And, and that's a whole new aspect that we don't teach in schools, we don't teach in, in common understanding. And all these pieces coming together create this, this whole new ontological cosmos of what, who we are as humanity. And that's a lot of where my focus is at. These different individuals, these different nodes and nexuses of creation, like like medicine itself brings all these people together, yet we have this fragmented, myopic view of a lot of these perspectives, mostly because it takes a lot to create everything that we're creating today. And in order to bring that together, we need to find some sort of centering mechanism. And that's part of what I've been focusing in my research and, and, and the way that I live my life as the ambassador is bridging these stories together and, and, and slowly crafting a transitional culture of humanity, one in which we, we see ourselves as a constant experiment of what, what the right thing to do as, as we move along. And for me, that's uh, Motropolis. That's, that's the, the, the story, the mythos of us coming together and creating human solutions and implementing them into the way that we live. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's well said, very well spoken, and again, um, I don't know why, but I don't really care why. Uh, when you speak, something, a uh, vision came to my head of a giant, very large sweater, and the thread that was going up the middle of it or up the, the center was this pulsing rainbow thread that was constantly, constantly just changing colors and morphing, and but staying in the same spot. So for what, what you're describing to me in just my own uh, understanding it sounds like we're we're finding a way to come 
back into our power through a, a unified thread of creation or consciousness that is not taking on what's not useful. It's just taking on what's what's harmonious and what is right at this time and what is useful for us to come back together and experience this singular culture, but everybody is uh, obviously unique in their own levels and contributions to it. So for some reason, and I know you use the language of, of threading or sewing, for some reason that came up in my head when you were talking of you just like weaving everything like weaving a space together, not necessarily weaving everybody together, but weaving a space together, and that space is sort of like this open, ever-changing. Um, you're familiar with Harry Potter? Yes. <laughs> it's like a room of requirement in a in a thread of of or a strand instead of a room itself. It's like a room of requirement of a thread that I see you creating or or bringing awareness to. And I don't know how ac- accurate that is to you personally, but that's just what's c- literally coming up to me right now. So. Thank you for, again, like each one of you who's allowed me to indulge this description. I just wanted to share that with you before it left my mind. So thank you for that and your words as well. I, I really appreciate that. That That is, to me, part of my own uh, awareness of who I am to others. And and for me, that's part of my, my transformative process as I'm going through uh, experiencing and playing and learning and growing with everyone what it is that what's necessary to happen and what's the right way to do things and that experience that you're sharing with me kind of tells me i'm kind of on the right track because it's creating an image for you it's creating a feeling for you that's right and 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 that's important when communicating and collaborating and bridging concepts with others is you're able to connect to a point where you're able to create your own image of what this person is saying and these are some of the techniques of actually interacting with other people and connecting that that starts to begin to be important as the way we interact with others. Because as we go through school, we're not taught what it means to earn respect or what it means to create a friendship or, or what it really means to interact as a human being. You know, you, you, I'm sure you're well aware of that a lot of these processes are, are made to be to made, made to make us better consumers, better subordinates, better citizens. You know, I was listening to another uh, podcast of yours with Jonah Bay and where they mention, where he mentions the word humble and, and how this is actually a part of the culture of disempowerment. He uh, got how, me. Yeah, how that word humble really just kind of lowers our status. And, and the culture is set that, you know, it's good to be humble. If you would speak a little bit to that, I, I, I'm sure the audience would appreciate that. No, no, you... <laughs> You guys are each, it's like each one of you guests somehow got together is like, okay, guys, we're going to get a laser and we're going to shine a light on every little important thing that Jordan finds important that he said in his past shows. And we're going to bring it to light and help him. You guys are like hitting every single (laughs) one of these points. So what my understanding is that Japanese culture is very heavy into the submission and the humble stuff. Um, Me being the person that I am with wordsmithing and stuff like that, I should have known better in that episode than to use the word that I didn't know about. But he actually schooled me on it instantly and said, you know, humble actually means this, this, and this, basically giving away your power. And I go, oh, shit, I can't. Oh, I don't want to use that anymore unless it's on my own terms. So for you to actually have brought that up, I really appreciate it. It's it's exactly what needs to happen right now is we need to be making very clear, concise decisions on what are we accepting in our world of creation? And then also, how do we create based on the networks, the materials, the concepts, the things that are available to us now and what may not even be understood by us in, in the future or in, until the near future. So 
for you to be like this coalescing force of bringing it all together, I think that suits you very well. And, <laughs> and you know, you, you seem like you're in an awakening stage right now for some reason. So just embrace that uh, or do whatever you're doing naturally. Obviously, each one of you is instinctively doing the right thing. Um, so thank you for that. We, we literally have like a minute left. I really overestimated everything. So I'm going to have to ask everybody if they're willing to come back on to another show. We will not do like this one-by-one one thing. I just wanted to highlight each one of you specifically. We'll do like a big collaboration and something like that with a, with a set topic if everybody's willing. So I know I promised I'm going to have to recant my promise that everybody will get a final statement because that's not going to happen. But I do want to give you, Jorge, uh, the last word. If you could please just tell us how we can get a hold of you or maybe learn more about you or get in contact with you uh, and your unification campaign, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can reach me at moembassy.org or just moembassy.org. And that is my diplomatic mission as the ambassador to bring all these things together to start weaving this this cosmos that we we all are creating nodes and stars. You can also reach me at my Facebook, which is Jorge. Uh, my Facebook name is Jorge Luis Gamboa the Eighth, which is Jorge Luis Gamboa V I I I. And also, Jorge, I'd be interested to speak with you privately at some point about your lineage. If you've got the eighth on there, you probably have a very traceable lineage that goes back before the formation of any major, um, major, major U.S. government uh, structures or anything like that. So you may actually have a claim to royalty, brother, and could actually get some recognition <laughs> from the U.N. There, it has been done before. Wow. Uh, you know, it's it's part of my personal family history that's been passed on to me, and it's something that I have yet to fully explore, but I do choose to explore more often, though I do focus on my, 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 my given name, which is Jorge Luis Gamboa, which in and itself, after doing a soul contract, has a lot of important meaning to myself. Excellent. Thank you for recognizing and acknowledging that we are not the name unless we've chosen it. So, <laughs> perfect. We've we've got to go. Uh, everybody, please accept my apologies for not being able to get you back on for a closing statement. But every single one of you, in, in your own unique way, and also in, in contributing ways with each other, you've really combined to make this a powerful show. This will go across the planet, uh, and your words will be shared to everyone that needs to hear them. So thank you again. Everybody should be able to contact any of these guests. If you have any questions, just contact me at the show page or, um, or at... Uh, my Facebook page, which is, you can just easily find me, George Michael Askew. Corey, I know I kind of took over in the last part of it, but I'm sort of like the guy that's watching the time here, so I, I want to get you on another show to, to host fully, and I think you did an excellent job. You always bring the perfect perspective to this, so thank you as well. Thank you, Jordan. Excellent. All right, guys, that, that's about it for the show. Until next time, pierce the veil, and the truth will reveal itself. <laughs>